Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A boom. A boom, boom, boom. Let's go back to my room. So we can do it on that and you can make me feel right. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Oh, that was a bad song. Imagine what the parents must have thought when we sang it. It's a bit rapey. Hello and welcome to... Chick Street, the yeah. final episode in this season. Yeah, wasn't final. supposed to say that till the end, but I've just popped it in. No, it is the final episode, and um, we we will let you know straight away that this is the last episode. So we really hope that you enjoy. It's not the last episode ever. No, but we do need a break. We need a break. She needs a break. Penny needs a break. We, <laughs> we do. We're doing this as as all of you know as a passion project, yeah. and so. We don't get paid, which is fine. We never did it for the money. We're not doing it for the money. I only did it for the money and I'm still waiting <laughs> two years down and I haven't seen a fucking red cent. She hasn't. What so. is a red cent? I don't know. Anyway, we this is weird. need a break, but, it's yeah, we're together together today. Yeah, I'm looking at you. You're and right there. The reason we need a break is because you haven't been able to record easily in the last couple of weeks. Correct. And you're now recording in my house here. Correct. Not because you've come to visit, but because you're here staying here. Again. Again. And not because you've broken your foot this time. No. But because you moved into a place in April. I think we should do a timeline. You moved in April 16. April 9. Close. Okay. April 16. There seems to be a date that April 16 kept popping up in <laughs> For conversation you? with the real estate lady. Yeah, that's that's when I first alerted them to the fact that they hadn't fixed a wall they were supposed to fix mm. that had uh, intense water damage in it. Um, For all intents purposes. And, um, yeah. yeah, and anyway, this is two months later, we're backwards and forwards in. Um, and during that time, I've been really sick. Sick. You've been nonstop sick. The only time yeah. that you weren't sick was when we went away to Ballarat mm-hmm. and you got away from your house. Correct. Now, one day I went over to your house and I saw that wall and I hadn't noticed it before and I freaked out, which freaked you out <coughs> for freaking you out. Yes. And said, don't freak me out. Like, yeah. And I was like, no, I'm dead serious. This is not about juju. This is not about me making your house bad by saying your house is bad. bad. Get out. You've got to get out of there. Get out. And you didn't. And then... And the reason that I was so adamant was because I've just found out that I have such bad mould poisoning Mm. from living in mouldy houses. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, was it on another podcast? If it wasn't, I'll just repeat that when my results came back, a normal person has mycotoxins that are 100 Mm -hmm. and I had 2,500 in my system. I have two specific genes that stop my body from releasing it, which is what a normal person does right. when they get away from the mould. Right, right. Which, which I thought if you, well, I know you do because as soon as you went to Ballarat that weekend, yeah. you were fine. I was fine. So your body was detoxing it straight away. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. So I'm on like a whole fucking regime of shit. But you didn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. And what happened then 
is about two weeks later, you rang me crying and you said, sick. I'm sick again. again. Mm-hmm. And you were really sick again. Like since you moved in, you've had head colds, colds and flu-like symptoms. Mm-hmm. And you've also gone and done three COVID tests to rule out COVID. Yes. Yeah. And you've had this, then your eyes started to fuck up. Yeah. Like big time. Send me photos. They were so bad. They were puffy. My vision was blurred. They were tearing for no reason. Yeah. Didn't even get sunscreen in them. No, not even no. a sunscreen injury. It was a why you thought it was your contact. I lens. thought it was my contacts. I, at one point, I thought I had something so in, far embedded in my eye. It felt like my contact was stuck in my eye. Yeah. Over, like it was, there was a lot of weird eye stuff going on. Um, Night sweats. Yeah, night sweats. Just joint, like joint pain, headaches, fogginess. Oh, the headaches. You had a chronic headache. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you still didn't move out. <laughs> um, I said to you, move out, like pack a bag, and you were actually too exhausted. And that was yes. the other big thing about mould and how yeah. it's affected me is it's given me chronic fatigue, which yeah. I don't have chronic fatigue. Chronic fatigue is what doctors say, treat diagnose you with when they don't know what the fuck is wrong with you yeah yeah um uh, but it is a real thing obviously so you had chronic fatigue you had this fatigue yeah that was chronic you could not or get out of bed yeah so I took you my air purifier yes without telling you how um it works just turn it on and it will work yeah and uh, after about 24 hours you finally said what does the ring the The color the color mean Mm -hmm. so I let you know like blue is healthy um red purple is unhealthy Unhealthy. and red is very unhealthy Mm -hmm. and there's something else after the blue I can't remember it was a violet or something and you took a photo of it it'd been red the entire time yeah and mine is never red here yes yes yeah yeah so then you closed your door you still didn't leave (laughs) Stubborn much? <laughs> Torian much? Yeah. Um, so what you did is you closed your bedroom door with the purifier mm. in there and how long did it take? It went blue. It went blue. Yeah. After so it was purifying ten minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. After, so you knew that anyway. as soon as you opened the door that happened again. So yeah. she's here now anyway. Absol- go on and tell us about your real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're only telling you this because the moral of the story is that if you don't feel right, don't feel right, and if you even sense that you've got damp or mold or anything in your house, get that shit sorted. Um, if you've I've, had chronic symptoms of something mm, for years mm, and your doctor tells you it is in your head mm, and your doctor cannot figure it out your naturopath can't figure it out no one can figure it out but you have all of those symptoms fatigue joint pain stiffness night sweats uh, headaches wheezing any kind of respiratory um eye problems Fog, mm-hmm. big fog. Yeah, word recollection problems. Yes, this could all be mold. I've looked so into it now. Like I've become a mold expert. You have. Um, there is a movie that I highly recommend you go and watch called MoldyMovie.com. All you have to do is enter your email address, and they will give it to you for free. That will frighten the life out of you mm. about 
just how much mould is not just in your home but in places of of work or, or schools that kids go to. If you have kids with problems that you can't seem to figure out, there is a national, an international, a global crisis going on with mould and in water-damaged buildings. Mm, mm, and it mm. is so much more contributing to our health than anyone is giving it credit for. But there are doctors who are really into it now. Like mm. They are really starting mm. to get onto it. Was my naturopath who had it happen to her? And now she's passionate. It's so annoying that, yeah. you know, unless it's happened to you. But you went and told your doctor about it. And yeah. he hadn't dealt with it before. But he never wrote you off, did he? No, not at all. He listened to me. He he sat there with me. We Googled it together, that the government site, and we looked at the symptoms that I had. And he was like, okay, let's get tests done. So I've had blood tests, chest X-rays get all the results for those but yeah he tested for um mold and allergens and stuff so um if you've never listened to our podcast before welcome to the mold podcast the mold Um, podcast yeah but it's 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 a new part of our life and we (laughs) we think it's going to be a big change for a lot of people to, you know, to be aware of it, is, be aware of there's it. There's going to be. There's a movement. There's a mould movement. It is. a moly, moly, moly. It's a mould, 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 movement. I reckon right now there's people listening to this. Yes. You are listening right now going, oh, my God. Mold. Like what I have all of that. Yeah, yeah. So check your cut, check in your bathroom, check in your bathroom cupboards. Oh, my God. Because I found black mould. All through my bathroom cupboards, um, where I keep my toothbrush, yeah. my contact lenses, my makeup, all yeah. of the stuff I put on my face every day. Um, so, look, it's just a little PSA. Yeah, it really is. Just if you need any more information for for practitioners, um, just. DM us and we'll, we'll let you know because there's yeah. specific doctors who are really into this shit. Um, anyway, so it's going to be great. You've got a new place. You've got a new place really quickly. It's got no mould in it. You move in on Saturday. It's so exciting. You're staying here with me this week. It's been exciting. We've eaten. We've we've drank wine. We've, we've had it all. Really, well, I haven't drank wine because I can't drink wine because I've got fucking mould. Um, but it's been a really lovely week and you've been watching your secret show not secret shows but I did say to you you watch your shows alone I'll watch my shows alone the shows we don't watch together and we'll have to start a new show together we never did no we've what we've been doing is kind of going onto YouTube and watching a few documentaries on Foxtel or you know Mm -hmm. we had to turn one off last night it was so depressing wasn't it do not do not watch murder documentaries before you go to bed it will it's not good for you for your, for your, it's not good for your. Uh, yeah, no, I've started watching start the startup on Netflix, which I am obsessed with. Uh, three seasons. I'm up to season two. It is dark. It is. Um, if something happens every episode, you will be left gasping. A gasp. A gasp. Um, each episode, it is Adam Brody from um, what was that show he did? The OC. The OC. 
And it's all sound old. So the Gabbard Show. Um, he also produces it. He's a producer as well. He's very good looking. He's a very good looking boy. Uh, he still looks about 12 mm. to me, but uh, it also has the guy from The Office, um, the, uh, you know, the guy, what's his name? You're really good with Martin names. Martin Freeman. Thank you. Uh, it's brilliant. Watch it. Okay. We'll see how we go about that. Yeah. I will watch it. You will. You will. I will get there. I've started Line of Duty, which is old, but it's recent as well. Like it's um, almost like Luther, like in that it's filmed and then they go years without a season and then they film Mm -hmm. another. Mm -hmm. And it's good. Um, But I haven't really watched much this week. I've had a shit week of fatigue, like Mm. just, you know, let's go and have a nap. The end. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, which we know you probably are, let's face it, um, can you do us a favour and subscribe? Mm. Review us? Mm. What else, Evie? Give us five stars. Oh, five stars, please. Thank you. Follow us on the Instagrams as well because um, when we remember, we do put updates there. We do. Chickstreet underscore well. podcast. That's it. And um, if you want to email us, you can. Mychickstreet at gmail.com. The end. Um, let's talk about a chick in the now. Yeah. This is a very interesting one mm-hmm. that you're going to do this week. I am going to do the chick in the now. I'm actually going to do the chicks in the now. There's a few of them. We have done chicks in the now before and it's totally acceptable. A collective of chicks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about the the, the shock announcement of a uh, exit of a record company executive, Dennis Hanlon from Sony Music. Uh, the head of. The head of. He's been with the company for 50 years and I used to work at Sony from 2007 to 2010. I was at Sony. I was a marketing manager. Uh, I worked in the domestic artists uh, department and didn't have a lot to do with Dennis directly but my bosses would take in things to be approved and he had to approve absolutely everything so um you know you would do a photo shoot with an artist and you would take it to your manager and then that your manager would take it into Dennis I remember Dennis about um photo shoots yes so uh album covers yes he was absolutely adamant that you had to look at the camera had to have a face and a full frontal face eye contact shot and we tried to challenge that and most of the time we wouldn't get it approved. We would send in a mock-up of two or three different versions and 100% of the time he would go for the one that we hated but we had to just do as a token because we thought we knew. So, But he would never approve the ones that were a bit more arty or designed a bit more. Anyway. Those poor artists. Um, this week, so he's been removed and this is because a number of people, women and men, have come forward about the toxic culture at Sony um, under his guard. uh, Under his eye. um, You know, and it follows the also recent dismissal of a staff member for inappropriate behaviour. And I just want to say to the girls that have come forward, who I know and I've worked with a lot of them, I know I recognise a lot of them in the story that The Guardian because all the names are posted, changed. all the names are changed. Every one of them. Exactly, because I'd heard all those stories firsthand. Um, but good on you, girls, I've got to say, for coming forward and for telling the story because 
this is not the only straight, stale, pale male who's running companies like this. Absolutely. Who not. has been getting away with this for a very, very, long very, time. very long time. Like since before pre K. Yeah. So. Since Jesus was a baby. <laughs> since Jesus was a baby. Um, yeah, yeah and, so, it's, and it's time. It is time. Oh, it Time's is. Time's up, babies. Time is up. It is. And it's so good that women are finally speaking out. And in February, they really got wind of it. So they promoted a whole heap of women, which is really frustrating. And at the same time relieving because, you know, at least they're in the roles and yeah. I just hope that they're being allowed to make decisions. Yeah. It, I mean, they'd have to be, wouldn't they? I mean, not, what, what happens now he's gone? Can they please put a woman in that position? I hope so. I do hope so. See, that's the funny thing is that even though those people would have been, those women would have been as a token, um, they would have been promoted to say, look how, you know, progressive we are. Um, they still would have been ruled by him. So he they wouldn't have been. That wouldn't have made any difference. No, it? it just no. would have been to but save face. Gone and they're still in those positions. I hope so. I hope so. Not yeah. not 100% sure. Well, no, we don't. But it will be interesting to watch yeah. it play out. Yes. Because record companies are dinosaurs now. They really yeah. are a thing of the past mm-hmm. and they need to change. And it's time to get rid of an old man yeah. who allowed, who ran his ship very tightly and would have known everything that was going on, mm-hmm. even though it is we've got to point out that there's no allegations against him. No. Um, he, he signed off on everything. So he would have known everything that was going mm. on. So this falls to him and mm. I'm really glad that he was made to piss off. Well, he left. Straight, yeah, yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah, he I'm was dead. pushed off straight away. Call it what you want. Yeah. Um, but they do need to make some massive, massive changes if they're going to stay yeah. in the world. Like yeah. the world's changing and, you know, there's progressives that there's such amazing, beautiful humans, persons that are coming through the world yeah. now, you yeah. know, in, in arts. Yeah. So you've got to make fucking way for them. Exactly. Because if you don't, they will leave you behind. And that's exactly what's happening to record labels. And I'm so, so happy to see it happen. I'm, I mean, there has there were cheers. Mm. There was people, you know, I reckon throwing their own little private parties, COVID-safe yeah. private parties. Yeah. Um, you know, my Instagram was filled with people, you know, having a drink, having a cheers, because this is such a huge thing to happen in the music industry. Um, you know, he is the, you know, he's the most feared controlling record company executive in the Australian music industry. So, you know, it's massive. And, um, you know, as, and, you know, you were saying before about how he, he hasn't had any allegations against him, but the culture of fear that he bred there, you know, and I reported directly into a manager who would bully me based on the fact that he was being bullied, being bullied yeah. from above. So it just sort of, you know, filters down. Filters down. Yeah. Um, and years later I had that manager apologise to me. Yeah. Um, direct, like, hey, called me directly to, yeah, tell, to tell you. To say I'm sorry for the way I behaved. Yeah. I behaved this, this way because of yeah. Dennis and because yeah. of the way I was treated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm sorry. The 
just the power play, it, it's the same in sexual abuse mm. and um, it's just all about it's Stockholm someone, Syndrome. Yeah, it's putting someone they, in their place and keeping them there mm. with your power mm-hmm. and your abuse of that power, mm-hmm. whether it's sexual or just yelling at someone abusive, mm. It's there is just no room anymore for that shit in a mm. workplace. Mm. There's just... The the women that have come forward in that article, we are really, really inspired by you and we think that you're amazing women. Yeah. So keep talking, keep, keep talking, talking up. Because you know what, there's been so many years that you've been silenced and there are women in the article that did make complaints and lost their jobs. There are women that were just lost their jobs because they fell pregnant. Mm. You know, they're, it's, it's hideous and um, good to see it's on its way out. Bye. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Goodbye. Felicia. Goodbye. I've got a good chick in history for you today. And I'm going to kick back and relax and let you do all the work from here. Um, The work's actually been done for me this week, so I'm very lucky. Very lucky. Um... So, yes, this year is the 85th anniversary of Lord Smith Animal Hospital. You know it. I know it. A lot of people know it. Yeah. It's in North Melbourne. It's brilliant. Well, a lot of people don't know how it was founded. So that's the trick I'm doing this week because it, it coincides with the 85th anniversary. Let me guess. It was the chick who founded it. It certainly was. Her name was was Louisa. Louisa. And I'm going to tell you all about her. Settle in. Louisa, how are you? How are you? Louisa. Louisa Lortsmith, née Montgomery, was born in Sale Mm -hmm. in 1875. Sale. Sale. Do you know Sale? I think it's in Victoria. Sale. Hey, yeah, it is. Where's Sale? One option is Easy Car Sale on Great no. Easy Car <laughs> Sale. No, no. It's near Bansdale. Bansdale. Yeah. It is. Sale and Bansdale. Yeah. It's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We drove through it when we stayed at the, that beach oh, house right. along we the did. thingy. We, the we stopped there and had a thing, yeah. We mm-hmm. had a thing. Had a had a cold coffee or something. That's like nice. that. Okay. She was she was born in Sale mm-hmm. but and she died in nineteen fifty six. So eighteen seventy five right. to nineteen fifty six. She wow. died when she was eighty one. Wow. Okay, so she was one of twelve children. Classic. Her, her father, William Montgomery, originally from Ireland had been a soldier in the 50th Regiment, a career he gave up in 1841 when he was 19. His whole career at mm. 19, that's frightening. Jeez. He's said to have had a strong pioneering spirit and settled on an estate named Childhood Heart near Sale where he bred cattle. From the age of eight, Louisa drove a small goat cart around the paddocks looking yes. for lost and abandoned calves Aww. to bring into the homestead for care. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> the children were brought up on the estate, enjoying the excitement of an active outdoor life. 
Growing up on a cattle station made Louisa sensitive to the cruelty perpetuated on animals through branding and slaughtering methods. Mm. This influenced her dedication to the prevention of cruelty to animals in all forms. In 1885, the family business failed and the Montgomerys moved to Caulfield, 12 kilometres southeast of Melbourne's CDBBDBD. In the early 1900s, Louisa and her younger sister began to teach ballroom dancing to students of some of Melbourne's private schools, including Australian Prime Minister Harold Holt and Dame Mabel Brooks. Oh, God, there's a lot to unpack in that that little paragraph there. Ballroom dancing. Annie used to be a um, competitive ballroom dancer. I did. And for 12, 16 years. Oh, long time. 12 years, yeah, about 12 years. years. She's one of the best dancers I've ever seen. I am. I really am. And Harold Holt. And we've got to find those old videos of you dancing because they were brilliant. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they would even exist. You had them. So where did they go? No, I think maybe Katie has them. Well, let's ask her. Mm. Okay. And Harold Holt. Harold Holt. Do the Harold Holt. Yeah, well, he danced his way out of life, didn't he? This continued for 25 years, the, the, the teaching, that is, not the Harold Halting. Yeah. And gained them financial security. By the early 1920s, they had a spacious home in Turak. They really did make some money, Turak, didn't they? Turak, darling. And the wherewithal to devote much of their time to the care and welfare of animals. Oh. Described by Margaret Hazard, writer of Parade magazine in 1974, <laughs> Louisa was short and stout. She was more like a handsome cab, horse-drawn carriage, than a fashion plate in build. She had intense blue eyes and a stare from her could stop any animal beater in its tracks. When she got up to speak, everyone listened. Of course Margaret Hazard. Imagine being described as a bloody... Short stout. Cattle cat. Yeah, a handsome cat. <laughs> You're a handsome cat, aren't you? Mm. Look at you, you handsome cat. I Margaret would describe me like that and then I'd fucking give her a stare. <laughs> in 1925 at St George's Anglican Church in Malvern, Louisa married Charles Lord Smith. Oh. He was 69 years old, 19 years her senior. Oh, my Lord. And a respected Melbourne solicitor. Wow. Louise's marriage certificate recorded her profession as pianist. <laughs> She's a clever lady. A pianist? Short, stout and clever. <laughs> Louisa and her sister, along with other animal-loving and socially prominent women from South Yarra and Turak, went on to form Melbourne's Animal Welfare League Australia in 1927. I wow. do believe we've done... The other, another woman from, from this. that, from that, you have done her, or did I do her? No, I did, you did her. her. Animal yes. activist who started um, RSPCA. Yes. No, actually, Melbourne's Animal Welfare League. I don't think it was. I think it was the women's animal. Remember, they wouldn't deviate. Right. They wouldn't go. Yes. Yeah. That was early on in our careers. We'll um we'll have to go and find mm. it. Anyway, Charles, her solicitor husband, incorporated many of Louisa's ideas in a constitution for the league. Louisa travelled overseas to England, Scotland and America three times, visiting animal welfare institutions and publicising the work of the league. 
back at home, the depression and lack of students forced the closure of the veterinary clinic for poor people, run by the University of Melbourne in 1929. So only two years it lasted. Back at home, the depression and lack of students forced the closure of the only vet veterinary clinic for poor people run by the University of Melbourne in 1929. Fortunately, a vet, Dr Bordeaux, had the foresight to reach out to the recently founded Animal Welfare League for help and the following year the free clinic was transferred to the Animal Welfare League. In the first year, 2,150 animals were treated, including 188 horses. Okay, widowed in 1931, after just six years of marriage, Louisa worked almost full-time at the clinic where volunteers were a vital part of its operation. The title of honorary director gave her complete authority over the league's activities from 1933. Believing there was sufficient demand for a public animal hospital, Louisa secured land in Villiers Street, North Melbourne. She convinced her friend Lady Frances Lyle a passionate animal lover herself, to donate £5,000 to the project. Oh, The Lord Smith Lyle Hospital for Sick and Injured Animals opened in April 1936. Wow. Although Louisa was often criticised for being overly sentimental in her devotion to animals, she showed a hard-headed business ability in ensuring the stability of the league's finances and the management of the hospital. Appointed a Justice of the Peace in 1940, in the 1940s, sorry, she, when manpower and material shortages were making the work of the League difficult, she became a well-known figure in Melbourne, associated with almost every animal welfare deputation to successive Victorian governments. What makes you a Justice of the Peace? I think you just have to go what and is get it? your certificate. Oh. You just have to become a justice of the peace. I guess you have to have references. People say that you're a cool dude. Um, You're trustworthy. You can sign documents. You definitely have to work in a public sector. sector. Right. Um, And I think that's it. And you can become a justice of the peace. Okay. Yep. All right. And you've got to keep the peace all the time. Yeah. Well, you want to. Otherwise, you're not much of a peace justice warrior. Anyway, she persistently advocated improved means of transporting livestock and better methods at abattoirs, in particular use of the captive bolt pistol instead mm. of the poliax. Oh, no, The no, poliax, no. sorry, oh, poliax. No, 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 no. A horrific weapon that would be a ghastly, ghastly end for any animal. Yeah, no, 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 no. Years of pressure finally brought legislation in 1949 permitting the use of the pistol. Mm. By 1952, its use in Victoria was mandatory. This is amazing. She's amazing. Petite and impeccable. What they were doing. I know, with the polax. Mm, mm. What does a polax do? I don't do? know and I don't want to know. You sure? Yeah. We might have to know. Okay. Hey, Siri. What is a polax? I found this on the web polax. Check it out. A medieval shafted battle axe with a short handle and often a hook or a spike. Oh, well, that's not needed. That's not needed. So they didn't just chop their heads off. 
they'd probably strung them up. Yeah, let's. Oof. Anyway, well, that's good that they, I mean, if they're going to do it, then Jesus. Louisa go was a, Louisa. Yeah, go Louisa. Louisa was a woman of courage and determination with the ability to win the interest and support of influential people. Her clear blue eyes missed nothing. She had style and an air of authority. Even when she was 80, there was some apprehension felt while Mrs. Lort was on the hospital premises. Mrs. Pat Jarrett, now almost 95 years old, worked at Lort Smith in the 1940s and the 1950s in various capacities, including ambulance driver. Oh, ambulance. She had this to say about Louisa. Mrs. Lort was a very good lady and terribly generous. Mm. She was a bit eccentric and had a woman chauffeur. She was not interested in light and airy talk. I was always all I was always most astute when speaking to her. And I don't think she ever received the accolades she deserved. Mm. She and Lady Lyle were great mates and had a lot of similar interests. I have enormous affection and respect for them for being so brave because people didn't do that kind of things for animals back then. No. Animals were secondary. Yeah. They were two pioneers in animal care, both marvellous women. Pat has a very fond memory of Louisa phoning the hospital every Sunday morning without fail. She would ask me my name, how much I enjoyed, enjoyed working there, and then always shout, keep the flag flying! Before slamming down the phone. That's brilliant. In 1953, Louisa was awarded Queen Elizabeth II's Coronation Medal. Louisa retired as President of the League just six weeks before her death in 1956. Wow. The bulk of her estate sworn for probate at £61,000, approximately $2 million in today's money, was used to set up the Lord Smith Trust for Animals. Mm. Fast forward to today, Lord Smith Animal Hospital has just celebrated its 85th birthday and it is Australia's largest and busiest not-for-profit animal hospital. It receives no ongoing, ongoing government funding and is reliant on the generosity of incredible donors, supporters and bequesters. Wow. Louisa was passionately committed to caring for the animals of poor and disadvantaged people. Mm. This passion and commitment is still at the very heart of Lord Smith, now with 250 dedicated employees. So dedicated, in fact, that throughout the numerous COVID-19 lockdowns in Melbourne, its doors have remained open, offering emergency, urgent and essential care to people's beloved companions, true frontline heroes. Louisa would be so incredibly proud to see that in addition to the animal hospital, her organisation now offers an established adoption centre, rehoming more than 600 surrendered animals every year and also has a 400-strong volunteer army that delivers community outreach services, including pet therapy. The Lord Smith Pet Therapy Program has been running for more than 30 years and is a free community service. Maybe Pete needs pet therapy. What, to give it or to get it? To get it. No, it's not that. It's using pet gas therapy. (laughs) This isn't about you. I was like, yes, he can go on the pet therapy couch and we can really uncover all of those issues. You know what, though? He might be good as a therapy dog because there would be certain people like Pete. 
I've actually looked into that before for Pete, mm-hmm. but there are a few things he would fail, such as um, coming when he's told to come. Yeah. He's not very good with um, no, no, commands no. Yeah, like no. that. There no. are a couple of things that he failed on when I looked you know, at the checklist of I what know, they yeah, needed yeah. to be. You, you might want to have another look, though, because, you know, there's certain men that Pete just goes to. Oh, he loves men. Older men. Yeah. What about older men in retirement homes yeah, who are very maybe. lonely? Mm. He might go straight to them. He might. Other dogs might not. Yeah. He does love a man. Yeah. So, um, anyway, the Lord Smith Pet Therapy Program has been running for more than 30 years and is a free community service. It involves specially assessed dogs mm-hmm. and their carers mm-hmm. visiting hospitals, justice settings and residential care services across Melbourne, providing comfort and relief to people experiencing illness, adversity, loneliness and the long-term impacts of trauma. Mm-hmm. Even way back then, Louisa understood the importance of the human-animal bond and she fought to maintain it when many would not. Yeah. 85 years on, Lord Smith has helped more than one million animals and countless people Mm. in order to reach and help more pets and the people who care for them. Lord Smith will be opening up their second site this October in Campbellfield. Wow. It's fair to say that Louisa Lord Smith's legacy is well and truly living on and the dedicated staff and volunteers are continuing to keep the, the flag, flag flying. flying. <laughs> well, isn't that a good one? Now, I'd just like to give credit, credit for that one. That's awesome. Um, the, that, that All those experts come from The Kindness of Strangers by Felicity Jack and the Online Australian Dictionary of Biography. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sent to us by a beautiful woman who works at Lord Smith who took me on a tour when I first arrived in Melbourne. She was very, very kind and sweet. And her name is Shannon Stacey. So, Aww, Shannon, thank you thanks, so much Shannon, for, making, for doing Evie's work for her. For making my week very easy. But that was just beautifully written and thank you. I know that yeah. she, you know, edited that and made it and made That's, sure that there was stuff. You didn't have to do so. anything. I didn't have to do anything. And If anyone wants to send me something <laughs> yeah. that so when we come back after our break, I don't have to do anything, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, she sent it to both of us and I gave it to you. You did. You said that's a good one for me. I would have given it to you. No. But I would have also resented you. So, (laughs) no, I I think Louisa Lortz-Smith, what a powerhouse. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. And because also back then animals weren't as, you know, we didn't think of them like we think of them now, you know. Like I had dogs growing up. They stayed outside. They slept outside. Oh, don't. Um. We salute you, Louisa and Lord Smith. keep the flag flying. I remember we're not coming back for about another month, so check out. What Evie meant to say was thank you so much for your support over the last two seasons. I can't believe we've done more than 40 episodes. Mm. I think we may be up to like 50. We've done 20 in this season. We've never missed a week. No, um, and, you know, I mean, we're cutting it fine this week, let me tell you right yeah, now. Yeah. But um, 
Thank you so much for listening. I think the latest numbers, I think, are we're at about 40,000 downloads altogether. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And we can't wait to come back with more stories for you. And if you've got any of your own that you want us to do, please please write them out in detail and send them through and we'll read them (laughs) verbatim. We'll catch you soon. Bye. Look at you. You've got to the end. So if you're still listening, I'm just going to give you a few little credity bits. Executive producers of this podcast is me, Evie Jones, and of course, Annie Potatoes. But we've also got Sam Peterson. He's our producer, our editor, our wine boy, our whipping boy. He does everything. And he's also got a great podcast called Confessions of the Idiots. You know, if you all listen to us, we appreciate you. Follow us on Instagram at chickstreet underscore podcast. And you can email us at mychickstreet at gmail.com.